Welcome to today's BCOG online podcast episode. These weekly sermons are a part of the growing online ministry of God. Buford Church of God is a growing multi-campus and multicultural Pentecostal church north of Atlanta. We are reaching people around the world to see lives transformed through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in with us and enjoy today's episode with Senior Pastor Joey Grizzle. Please remain standing. 1 Samuel chapter 17, starting with verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. And this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. Say amen at the reading of God's word. You may be seated. This, this business of I come to you not with sword and spear, but in the name of the Lord God of Israel. This concept of the name of God is a profound moment in, in Old Testament theology. It was so important that the name of God be revered and used with holiness and reverence that God placed the use of his name in the Ten Commandments. That striking verse of Scripture where God said, Do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. I find it very interesting that when Moses was on top of the mountain and God said, You found favor in my sight. I will do whatever you ask. And David, not David, but Moses said, Please, show me your glory. And God said to Moses, I will make my glory pass before you, and I will magnify my name. A few verses later, the Bible says that as he was passing by, that he lifted up his voice and said, The Lord, great and mighty, the Lord awesome among his creation, and began to magnify his name. And on this July 4th, when we celebrate our independence I believe that America stands at a crossroad where we ourselves are in danger of taking the name of God in vain. We have gotten to a place where we no longer hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. We are now in a place where we lampoon everything Christian and diminish the name of God. There are perhaps many Christians who find it difficult to proclaim his name. It is, it is harder and harder to lead people in worship in modern Christianity simply because of, of how distracted they are, how encumbered they are, or perhaps they don't recognize the holiness of the atmosphere. COVID perhaps engaged us so much with our social media that maybe we don't know how to look at God unless it's through a telephone screen. 
And so we no longer engage the name of God with this holiness and reverence. We take his name in vain. We call ourselves Christians even though sometimes we don't live according to the commandments of calling yourself a Christian. You've assumed the name like a wife of her husband calling yourself after the name of Christ. I am a Christian and yet you live a life that's in vain. You've taken his name in vain. But the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it. Some trust in chariots and others in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. The name of Jesus has become a stumbling block to the Greek. To the Jews, it's foolishness. But to those of us who believe, it is the power of God. We're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it's the power that saved us from our sins. We gather together in this sanctuary because we believe in the name which is above every name. We believe in the name that God gave us when the Lord came down and said, you'll call his name Yahshua. You'll call his name Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And so today I, I want to I zero in on this, this name of God. I don't come to you with sword and spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. Mark my word, church, before the enemy tries to destroy this nation, he's going to seek to disarm the church. He's going to do several things that's going to make us weaker in our attempt to resist what it is that he's trying to accomplish in our nation. And I want to take an aside right here and point out one thing about the Buford Church of God. If you hate America or you celebrate people that hate America, eventually our church is going to get on your nerves. Well, pastor, I don't like that declaration of independence. I don't like the Constitution because, after all, it was written by people who had terrible sins in their life. So did King David. So did the Apostle Paul. Your struggle to assault the founding documents of our nation are akin to the spirit of the Antichrist that seeks to devalue the word of God because it came through fallible men. This nation was given to us by God. Our declaration of independence is an anthem that has set people free from that day till this one. Our nation has been founded as a beacon of light in dark times. It is so frustrating to me to watch professional athletes complain about their country. There's nothing more infuriating to me than seeing a millionaire whine about how hard his life is. I can't stand it when I see a multimillionaire earning millions of dollars while we have police officers that get shot and made fun of and they don't earn much of anything and this guy gets to run around on a field collecting millions of dollars whining about how hard the country is on him. 
tell the, tell the police officer, you just shut up and take it. You deserve to get shot. And these athletes who do nothing to deserve the accolade of hero can lampoon our country and make fun of it. Let me tell you something. This attitude of being anti-America is demonic. It is from the devil. Can I get a witness? There is no reason. The Bible does not give you the right to hate this country. The Bible said to the Jews when taken captive as slaves into Babylon, he said, pray for the city in which you dwell. For when the city and the nation prospers, you will prosper. Paul reiterated this and he said, pray for those who have authority and rule over you. When the church becomes an enemy of the nation that protects the freedom of that church, you are in violation of the wisdom of God, the commandment of God, the counsel of God, and the character of God. Well, pastor, you don't understand my cause. I I have a cause here. I have social justice issues that I'm proud of. The social justice issues in our nation are better served by the sermons of Martin Luther King Jr. rather than the false doctrine of Malcolm X. Malcolm X is not a hero of the church. He was an enemy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And even those that murdered Malcolm X, like Louis Farrakhan and the nation of Islam in this country that took his life, that whole corrupt system of theology is the very fabric of bigotry and racism and hatred. I bind that spirit. Martin Luther King Jr. stood on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial and he preached a sermon under the authority of God and we put him in his grave and said, we don't want to hear from that old man anymore. We want to hear from Malcolm X. I bind that in the name of Jesus and I say we release the spirit of true unity. The Pentecostal church was founded on social justice. The Pentecostal church on the streets of Azusa in downtown Los Angeles was built by the the shoulders and the work and the prayer of a man who, who was the child of an emancipated slave. And when he stood on that street with the power of God in his life, every nationality and every tongue, men and women, children, old and young, God began to bring them in, fill them with his spirit. God gave us the Pentecostal church to heal this land not to be an enemy of it how dare you get to the place you play you pray cursing on the very house that you live in the bible says that a wise woman will build her house but a foolish woman will tear it down with her own hands and there are too many people trying to tear this country down well pastor there's so much imperfection in this country well look in your own mirror People who hate this country are the most opinionated, judgmental, bigoted people I've ever met in my life. If they disagree with you, they'll unfriend you on social media. If they don't like what you say, you get kicked off of Twitter and kicked off of Facebook. Whoever thought that the liberals in our country would be the book burners? Listen to me, church. Don't you dare get into this hating this country business. We're not in that business. Every person who wrote in the Bible was proud of their country. They prayed for the prosperity of Jerusalem. Well, that was because they were God's chosen people. Listen to me. 
Now we live in the New Testament where God says, let whosoever will let them come and drink of the water of life freely. When Solomon wrote a letter to receive cedars for the construction of the temple, he affirmed the nation from which he was asking help. And he commented on how great of a nation they were. When Nehemiah wanted to rebuild the walls, he affirmed Cyrus and the beauty and majesty of his authority and kingship. When Luke wrote his gospel, he sent a letter to Theophilus and thanked God for the nation that hosted Theophilus. God not only was proud of his country, he was proud of those that were simultaneously proud of the nation that was given to them. He's never affirmed hatred or division. How dare you get to the place that you use this weapon that God calls the church of God and the power of his word to wield pain and misery on other people's lives? It's not right, church. Pastor, I don't believe I agree with all that. I told you, if you don't like this country, we're going to get on your nerves. God bless the USA. This land is your land and it's my land. God gave us this nation. I know it's not perfect, but it's mine. She's not perfect, but she's mine. If I decide that we're going to have a discussion, that's between her and I. Don't you dare get in the middle of that business. Somebody talk to me. And when it comes to fixing this nation, we get to vote all the time. We vote on everything. We have peaceful revolutions all the time. Some people, you can let them win every election that they have. And they're still ticked off. You won. And you're still mad. In other words, winning's not what you're after. You're after for the destruction of those that are against you. I bind that in the name of Jesus. Healthy disagreement keeps the country strong. Don't you dare spend all your time trying to silence everybody around you, unfriend people who don't think the way you think. Yes, but you don't understand. I, I'm, for the, I'm for the little puppies. We've got a little program we're starting now, saving all the dogs. And, and I think that we're going to have to make sure that we, we recycle the particular napkin use of, of McDonald's. And then we're going to go, and I'm sick and tired of people celebrating July the 4th gets on my nerves. All these rockets going off and stuff like that. There's nothing but pure misery on these people. I'm protesting July the 4th, and I'm protesting padded pews, air conditioning, and mayonnaise. <laughs> Tell you something. We don't bow down to you or me or the cause that you want to impose on Christ. We have one king. And his name is Jesus. And the problem with the church is God wants us to operate in the name of the Lord. But the problem with the church is we're operating in the name of Democrats or in the name of Republicans or in the, the name of the South or in the name of the North. And we're going to tear down everything that's against us. I bind that in the name of Jesus. We should be a blessing and not a curse. We should lift up the name of God. Let God arise and let him scatter his enemies. It's not our job to take vengeance into our own hands. Vengeance is the Lord's. He will repay, says God. Go back to Georgia. Go back to Alabama. Go back to the slums and ghettos of Mississippi. 
Knowing that one day unearned suffering will be redemptive. Martin Luther King Jr., when he uttered those words, little did he know that just a few decades later, they would be stated in infamy. For no longer do we celebrate peaceful transition of power. It has become barbaric hatred in a nation overcome by demons. You don't know how angry I am. He does. And you're not him. And we don't lift up your name. And we don't lift up your cause. Am I doing all right? We don't lift up what they say. We're not worried about what's going on out here in terms of making our life about all of that. Get off of that train in the name of Jesus. If you spent half the time promoting Jesus that you do promoting everything else going on in this country. Can I just get grouchy for a minute? How many things are you going to get worked up over? Do you guys remember when hairspray was being made illegal. Thank you. You remember that? What was We had a hole in the ozone, and the aerosol cans were making the ozone hole bigger. And anybody who used hairspray was the Antichrist. What happened to the ozone? We were doing a lot of good work saving the ozone. I've never seen the ozone, but I felt good that we were saving it. <laughs> Does anybody remember when oil was going to run out in the 70s and in the 80s and, and the 90s? Look at this young guy. He's going, no, I don't remember that. You know why? They changed their mind. They actually believe that oil is replenishing itself, and they don't know why. Seriously, oil was going to run out. I remember when we had to disarm America because America had too many weapons and our presence of weapons was causing everybody else to have weapons and if we didn't disarm, it's because we didn't love the rest of the world. What happened to that cause? We had a crisis at the border. Not too long ago. I mean, video after video. Crisis at the border. The border is terrible. We got to go down there. We got we to gotta fix this crisis. What happened to the crisis? It's still down there. You don't talk about it. Remember that little video that came out? They stole all them girls in that African country, and they took them and kidnapped them, and we did the little hashtag, save our girls. Didn't save one of them. Now... You worked up over whatever it is you worked up over. I'm not going to get into modern causes because you're just as mad now as they were about hairspray 50 years ago. You was worked up now over whatever the media tells you to be mad about. You know what, you know what the spirit of the Antichrist uses? Useful idiots. Please forgive me. That's a legal, modern literary term ascribed to the ambitions of political motivations. They, they actually use that phrase. I'm pulling this out of literature. They actually use the phrase useful idiots. You've got to find people who are dumb enough to destroy the very nation from the inside that you seek to destroy. 
and you sow seeds of animosity and demonic hatred in that country specifically to tear it down from the inside, to rip it apart from the fabric of its own unity. That's what they're doing in Ukraine. They send in people who are so angry and so upset, millionaires running around going, I'm so oppressed. And then before long, your whole nation is divided and destroyed. Wake up, church. Stop letting the media boss you around. What are you going to be worked up over tomorrow? Don't know. Find something. We used to be mad about global warming. What happened to global warming? Now it's, you can't even say global warming. It's against the rules on Facebook. It is now climate change. You can't say global warming. You can now because Portland's burning up. You can burn it down. You just can't burn it up. The whole country has decided to follow the voice of the devil. The whole world is ascribing itself to passions that have nothing to do with God. The good news is, that's been going on for thousands of years. This is nothing new. God is still in control and the church is still here. So what Satan knows is that he can't have his way until the church lays down its weapons and picks up the weapons of this world. If you'll stop doing what God told you to do and pick up your little political party, pick up your little issue, pick up your little cause, pick up your little anthems on your social media and replace God with something that has hatred towards your fellow man. God no longer has authority over you and Satan has gained dominion and he's using the church to accomplish his will. He's sowing seeds of dissension and disunity in the church because we no longer longer look to the one who gave his life. The Bible says don't look to those things that are in this world. Don't set your affections on the things of this world. The Bible says now also seeing that we're compassed about by so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and sin which doth so hinder and easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us with our eyes fixed on Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. Somebody talk to me. You You've got to stop looking out there and you've got to look toward God. You've got to get your mind back on him. You've got to preach Jesus and him crucified. You can't take a house unless you first bind a strong man. You can't get to my babies unless you kill me. You want to break in there, take my family, you better make sure you deal with daddy before you try to get to my boys or to my wife. Because no man takes my house unless he first goes over my dead body. Somebody talk to me. And that's exactly what's going on in the church is the devil is trying to bind the strong man. He's subduing the church with callous commitment to pornography on the internet, division amongst our ranks, racism that divides church from, from people because we no longer can go to church together if we don't all agree together about politics. And all of a sudden we start to lose this, this effort that God has placed in the church to be what he has called us to be.
But I bind that spirit in the name of Jesus. God has given us great weapons. He has given us the family of God, the armor of God. He's given us things that that will call down the power of the holiness of God on the church. And I believe with all of my heart that it's time for us to pick up the greatest weapon ever given to us. And that is the name of God. It's time that we stop being ashamed of Him in public. It's time that we lift up the name of Jesus. Well, I'm going to offend somebody. The name of Jesus may offend some but it will heal this world there is no other name under heaven whereby men can be saved except the name of Jesus but at that name Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord you've got to shout Jesus real loud the world's hungry for it Judy Ordway up there at the hospital she had her kidney shutting down They took her in there with kidney failure. She started witnessing to everybody. They couldn't get her to hush. She had witnessed to the doctor. She had witnessed to the nurse. Tears rolling down her cheeks. I went in there. The Spirit of God was still on her. They figured out what was wrong with her kidneys. Have y'all heard this? Am I getting ahead of myself telling them how? Well, you're about to hear something that breaks every HIPAA law known to mankind. (laughs) I'm not being recorded. I can deny it later. (laughs) No, she's excited about this. This is her testimony. We heard this through public channels, but listen to me. What was going on with her kidneys from what we understand is God has healed her of her diabetes. And he's also healed her of her blood pressure issues. She didn't know that God had completely started healing her body from the inside out. So the medicine she was on was hurting kidneys that no longer needed the medicine because she's been healed by the power of God. Everybody who was in that hospital started to hear about the glory and power. They're hungry for it. Doctors need it. Athletes need it. The only solution to this country is not you getting worked up on your social media about a bunch of junk. What this world needs is not more of you. What they need is the blood of Jesus Christ. What they need is somebody to call on the name of God, the name which is above every name. Wield the weapon of Almighty God and be what he's called you to be. You know, I, you know, I got plenty of time. They don't start until 1030 today. I see them having to recruit some of my workers. They're sending texts right now. Where are you? You're supposed to be out here. Hey, when you sneak out, just act like you're in conviction and we'll talk about you when you leave. Names of God. You ever looked up the names of God? Man, it's a great study. Go home and study the names of God. I need to think for a minute because I don't know exactly what God's trying to say through me on the names, but I'm reminded of a few scenes in my mind. I I see it. I I can see David out there. You come against me with sword and spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. And I've thought about that name Jehovah. That's what they called him in the Old Testament, Jehovah. And they would always put Jehovah with another anthem on the other side of it. And I think my favorite story of of God being named 
something at a particular milestone of faith was when Abraham was going up the mountain with his son and proclaimed that you and I will return again. God will provide the sacrifice. With a broken heart, he lifted the blade that he thought would be the command of God to take the life of his own son. And God said, no, 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 that's not what I want. Look over there in the bulrushes. Look over there in the bushes beside you. And right there to the side of the trail, there was a ram caught in a thicket. God let Abraham know, I will be the one that provides the sacrifice. Nothing I demand from you that I won't provide for myself. And Abraham called him Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, my provider. I love the story of Gideon. When Gideon was getting ready to go face the Midianite army and God had given him a command that would divide his own house and divide his own kingdom. He didn't know where God was taking him. His heart was overcome with fear and he worshipped God that night after he destroyed the altars of Baal and the Lord revealed himself to Gideon and the Lord called him Jehovah Shalom. God of peace. I love the way it's worded when, when Moses lifted up his hands in that battle and they had to put Aaron and her on each side to hold their arms up and they began to magnify God and the battle went better for the people of God when the people of God lifted their hands and Moses said, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord God, my banner. Let the uplifting of my hands, O God, be like a banner that channels this prayer to heaven and lets heaven know and serves hell notice that my God will respond to his people when they lift their hands in praise. Ah, Jehovah Jireh. Oh, Jehovah Shalom. Oh, Jehovah Nisi. I call on you today to hear us in this nation and grant to us peace, oh God. Grant to us the provision that will cause the heavens to be opened and hell to be closed to us, oh Lord. Grant to us the banner of praise over your people. But oh, in the New Testament, it all comes clear. You know, and it, was, it was a prophecy. I, I'm reminded of this. It was a prophecy, I believe, in the book of Zechariah where he said, one day I'm going to unify you so that you'll speak the name of the Lord with one name so that you'll be in one accord. Oh, the prophecy came true. Jesus was laid in a manger and his mother and father said his name is Jesus. And today when you whisper that name, it is the name which is above every name. That name which causes hell to tremble and heaven to stand at attention. That name which will cause you to have peace that surpasses understanding, joy unspeakable and full of glory. And I'm afraid that we've spoken too many names over the past year. We've used the name COVID. We've used that name COVID until COVID has become the God of our culture. We measure our travel by COVID. We worry about church according to what COVID says. We, we want to know what you think about COVID and whether or not you have the vaccine and what do you think about the vaccine and how's the COVID going to work in your life. Well, there's a name which is greater than the name COVID. There's a name which is greater than the word vaccine. Vaccine. 
There's a name which is above the disease that plagues this world. There's too many people. You're speaking the name of Democrat and Republican. You're speaking the name of your favorite politician. You're trying to talk too much about what they say and what they're doing. But there's a name which is greater than Democrat. There's a name which is greater than Republican. There's a name which is greater than your athlete and the program that you support. Somebody tell me what his name is in here. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. I look forward to the day when I hear that trumpet sound and the dead in Christ rise and those that are alive and remain are called up to meet him in the air. But oh, what I look forward to the most is that great white throne when I look up and see my brother sitting on that throne and there's a line of people that stretches for miles and miles and miles and miles. And all of a sudden, I watched Michael Jordan bow his knee. I watch Marilyn Manson bow his knee. We see Elvis Presley kneel down and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then Hitler, standing off to the side, looks up at the Jew sitting on the throne. And he bows his knee. Stalin has to take a knee. Somebody talk to me today. Oh, praise be unto God for the day that Donald Trump bows his knee. When Joe Biden bows his knee. When Putin from Russia bows his knee. When every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I long for the day when that name is lifted up and given the high and lofty place that it deserves. But until then, God, I want you to know that right here in the Buford Church of God... We're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. Somebody help me lift up the name of God this morning. Heavenly Father, I praise you. I magnify you. I lift your name on high. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Church, I want you to stand with me today. Are you ashamed of his name? Are you so cluttered with your social media and your politics and your weird little ideas on the vaccine? Pastor, I think the vaccine is this. Pastor, I think it's great. I think it's the Antichrist. I think it's that. Listen, would you, is there any way I could get all of that word enslaved to Jesus? What if your mouth actually got controlled by the power of God? What if the Lord gained authority over you? Pastor, don't you think we should have opinions? Yes, we should have opinions. We have opinions. As a church, we stand for many good things. We stand by our country. We have patriotism. We, we believe that God gave us this nation and it's our responsibility to be a blessing, not a curse. To spend our time preaching from our visions, not from our frustrations. We stand for the unborn child. We believe in this cause. This world missions effort of the Buford Church of God. We stand for these things. We believe that God gave us these things. We have these causes. We don't stand idly by when the innocent are condemned. We do our part. 
We send out ambassadors from our church. Listen to me. This house is not politics. And it's not your opinion. And it's not the debate between petty issues of the media trying to get you worked over over the next thing that they're worried about. What we are is about the name of Jesus. We preach Jesus and Him crucified. By the time I get finished talking about Jesus, it's bedtime. By the time I'm finished listening to what God says, I'm already finished with my day. I don't have time to get caught up in a bunch of foolishness in the name of Jesus. I don't come to you with sword and spear, but in the name of the Lord God of Israel. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. For the pulling down of strongholds, the casting down of arguments, and every opinion that exalts itself against the name of God. Name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. It's a good name. Nothing wrong with it. I'm tired of watching them make fun of him. I'm tired of them taking his name in vain. I'm tired of them looking at him. And and, and it breaks my heart to know they're still crucifying Jesus. Sometimes I feel like I'm Simon of Siren just trying to carry the cross of Christ. But ah, thanks be unto God. I don't have to worry because he can take care of himself. All I need to do is worship and lift up his name and that name will be like light that pierces the darkness. I want you to speak that name of Jesus over your body right now. The Bible says that if there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. The prayer of faith in the name of Jesus will heal them. I want you to use the name of Jesus over your business right now. I want you to use the name of Jesus over your babies right now. Come on, mama, help me pray. Those babies don't need more advice. They don't need you to tell them. They're not going to listen until they have an encounter with Jesus Christ. But one touch from the master's hand, everything's going to be all right. We've got to lift up the name of Jesus. Stop parading the culture of this world. Lift up the name of God. Lord, I praise you. That one who is called, you know, there's a lot of names for Jesus. You know, the name of Jesus is not just the only name they give him. They also call him the Prince of Peace. That's a good name. He's also called the Mighty God. He's referred to as Holy One. In another place, a New Testament writer said he's the Lamb of God. Oh, I love it when the apostle simply said, he's the Lord God Almighty. The Old Testament prophets called him the Lion of the tribe of Judah. (laughs) He's the Root of David. He's the Word of life. He's the author of salvation. You know, he's called the Way, a day spring, a Lord of all, a stream in a desert, a wheel within a wheel. I love that old song that calls him the lily of the valley, the bride and the morning star, the precious rose of Sharon. Somebody talk to me today. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. His name is Jesus, the sweet name of Jesus, the precious name of Jesus. So today in the name of Jesus, 
I bless your life. The Bible says, if any tool of you agree is touching anything, in my name, in the name of Jesus, I ask God to overwhelm you with his presence and his love. I ask God right now in the name of Jesus to heal your mind. I ask God to heal your families in the name of Jesus. Church, I, you know, I haven't had this much liberty in a 9 a.m., so I'm just taking too much liberty. Next week, you can be just as comfortable knowing that I've got to hurry and you won't have to deal with me this long. But they've invited me to be the chaplain of Buford. I've been the chaplain of Buford City now for years, it feels like. I, I, two or three years? I don't know. But what I, it's not a big job. They just call me and send me texts and brag on the city, and I get to be part of the little family, and, and they have me come to the city council meetings. When I get up there in that city council meeting, I remember talking to Al Wright one time, and he inspired me to do what I'm doing at the city council meetings. He said that he was invited to speak and pray at this community event for Waynesboro, Georgia. And they were going to have this big community event for healing and power and prosperity of the community. And, and he was told by the Episcopal priest, we're not going to pray in the name of Jesus. Now, right said, if Jesus isn't invited, I'm not coming. Problem is, Al Wright pastored the biggest, most prosperous church in town. He had to be there or nobody would be there. But when they brought in Al Wright, they brought in Jesus. See, Al Wright would have been in hell had it not been for Jesus. He, he was losing his sanity, his mind, his ministry, his marriage. It was all going down and he couldn't save it. But he said about 2 o'clock in the morning in a hotel at a Promise Keepers event, he said, I'm a good Baptist pastor, but only I can tell you is at 2 o'clock in the morning, God baptized me in the Holy Ghost. And I came back to my church and I told them, you, you have a brand new pastor and either I have a new church or we're not going to get along with each other much longer. God began to use that church in Waynesboro and he's still there to this day. So when I stand up in front of Buford City Council, those words echo in my mind and I pray. I pray big prayers to God in the name of Jesus. Let your power fill this city. Lord, I pray that you would arise and let your enemies be scattered. I quote myself. Put angels to the north, the south, the east, and the west. Don't let what happens everywhere else happen on our watch. You said that unless the Lord keep the city, the watchman watches in vain. So I just want to say thank you, Jesus, for Buford, Georgia. And I want you to anoint this meeting and anoint them with wisdom in the precious and mighty name of Jesus Christ we pray and all God's people shouted aloud victorious and they all shout with me amen because what we have is meant to be exported everybody wants it Mia will be walking out of a restaurant managers will walk up put a little note in her hand can you pray for me yeah 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 in the name of Jesus Give them beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. In the name of Jesus. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May his face turn towards you and give you peace. 
May you be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Blessed when you rise and blessed when you lay down at night. In the name of Jesus, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind always be at your back. May the sun shine warm on your face and the rains fall soft on your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you next Sunday. We hope you enjoyed Pastor Joey's word today. To find out more about our ministry, visit bcog.me. Our services are live streamed weekly on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you have any questions, you can talk to one of our pastors anytime via bcog.me messenger. See you again in the next podcast episode.